The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Chapter 9, verse 6. Quickly, let's get into the word of God this morning. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. A child is born, and unto us a son is given. Hallelujah. This is a prophecy about the coming of Jesus. Of course, the prophecy has been long fulfilled now. But when this was declared, it was a prophecy. Somebody say prophecy. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. In other words, he will be a ruler. He will be a king. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Can somebody declare this morning, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David, over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever. Ever. Will somebody shout forever? The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Glory, glory be to God. Hallelujah. I want to, can I say officially or formally welcome you to Christmas season 2023. Help me turn to your neighbor and say welcome to Christmas season 2023. Um, for us in this church, today marks our official getting into the season. Glory be to God. And like um, we say at this time of the year, Jesus is the reason for the season. Glory be to God. Jesus came to save us and to deliver us. And the scripture tells us here that the government or the kingdom that he came to establish... That kingdom will reign forever and ever. Hallelujah. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Glory be to God. Upon the throne of David, this is why they refer to him as the son of David. God had promised David and God told him that I'm going to raise up a son after you that will sit on your throne forever. Now, when God told that to David, he wasn't referring to his biological children. It was actually a prophecy referring to Jesus. And that Jesus would come as the king after David or the son of David and he will establish a new order. He will establish a new kingdom. He will establish a new government. Hallelujah. Establish a new order. Establish a new kingdom. Establish a new government. To order it and to establish it with judgment and justice. 
from that time forward even forevermore. The kingdom that he came to establish, it was established and it's still established till today and it will be established forever. Praise God forevermore. No government can topple it. No world event can topple it. No human authority can change it. What God sent Jesus to do, Jesus on the cross when he died, his last words were, it is finished. I have fulfilled the prophecy. I have established the new world order that God sent me to establish. And it will be here forever. Hallelujah. And it will be here forever for whosoever, wherever they may be, whoever they may be, whatever the situation. As long as they want to be a part of my kingdom, they want to be under my leadership and my government, that government will be available. Hallelujah. Now, I'm sure we understand and appreciate this is not a natural order. This is not a natural government. It's not the federal government of Nigeria. It's not the United Kingdom or the United States. It's a spiritual kingdom. Hallelujah. With spiritual authority. And that kingdom is still with us today. Somebody said that kingdom is still with us today. Hallelujah. This portion of the prophecy, the latter part of verse 7, it ends with the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. God will see to it that it is established. God will see to it that it is done. And it will forever remain done. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? Hallelujah. So we read in John chapter 10 verse 10. Let's quickly go over there. I always like reading that text in the Amplified. John 10, 10. And this is what we are getting into now. The practical application of what that prophecy means to us today. Unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. And the government, he will establish a government. And everybody can come into that kingdom or come into that government or come under the authority of that government and be a part of this kingdom that Jesus came to establish. And I want you to know that government is still running today. John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, let me read the New King James before I read the Amplified. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. It reads in the Amplified, thank you. I have come that they might have life Give me the Amplified again. Glory, glory be to God. 
I have come that they might have and enjoy life. Somebody say enjoy life. I can't hear you say enjoy life. And have it in abundance to the full. Somebody say to the full. Till it overflows. Say till it overflows. Say that I might enjoy life. Have it in abundance to the full. Till it overflows. Declare it one more time. That I might enjoy life. And have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Hallelujah. When you become a part of this kingdom or this government that Jesus has established on the earth and that is running today, this is what we are guaranteed. This is what we are guaranteed. Now, the first part of the verse is also important to note. The devil, the Bible says, may still be roaring around. In fact, he is running around, ro ro moving around like a roaring lion, seeking whom may devour, stealing, killing, destroying. But Jesus saying that if you are under my government, if you are in my kingdom, if you are under my authority, hallelujah, there's something I offer you which will see to it at the end of the day that you will have life. You will enjoy life. And you will have it in abundance. To the full till it overflows. That's my portion. Somebody say, that's my portion. Hallelujah. Look at verse 11 of John chapter 10. Let's read a little bit here. John chapter 10. Please just follow me this morning. I am the good shepherd. No, you don't have to read out. Just follow. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He, he laid down his life. So that we can have life. He said the island who is not a shepherd. One who does not own the sheep. Sees the wolf coming. And leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he's a hireling and does not care for the sheep. Verse 14. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep. Hallelujah. And I am known by my own. Glory be to God. As the father knows me and even so I know the father, I lay down my life. For the sheep. I lay down my life for the sheep. He has laid down his life so that we can have life. Hallelujah. Verse 16 says, Other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring that they will hear my voice. Please take note of hearing his voice. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. Hear my voice and there will, there will be one flock and one shepherd. Verse 17, therefore my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me but I lay down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. This command I received of my father. 
this is how I save. And this is how I bring people under my authority and into my kingdom. I die for them. As a demonstration of my commitment to humanity, I lay down my life. And he expects everyone that is going to be a part of his kingdom to also surrender their own life to him. A form of laying down your life so you can be a part of his kingdom. Everyone that is born again this morning, let me hear you declare, I'm a part of his kingdom. I have received Jesus as my shepherd. I acknowledge that he laid down his life for me. And I've surrendered my life to him as well. Glory be to God. It's a sign of commitment. The best thing, he said, there is no greater love you can show someone than to die for him. To show us and to print it on our hearts and minds. And look, what else can I do to demonstrate to you that I care for you? I'm going to lay down my life for you. And that way, you can be assured that everything I've promised and everything I've guaranteed that you will have, if you follow me and follow my leadership, you will have it and you will experience it. Hallelujah. He said, I'm not like a hireling. I'm not doing this because of what they are going to pay me at the end of the month or what they are going to give me at the end of the month. He compared that. He said, if um, like a hireling, when the going gets rough, when things are difficult, when the wolf starts coming and attacking the sheep, the hireling will run away. Because the commitment of the hiring is not as the level of the commitment, it's not at the level of, of the commitment of the owner. I am committed. And I'm committed to you. Help me tell your neighbor, Jesus is committed to you. Praise God forevermore. And he demonstrated in the book of Romans, Apostle Paul said, Romans 6, said that God demonstrated his love towards us. And that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And he showed that degree of commitment so that even as we live our lives in this kingdom and things get rough, we should be assured, hallelujah, that our Savior is committed. Somebody say, my Savior is committed. What is he committed to? That you might have life and enjoy it. To the full. In abundance, till it overflows, he's committed. He's not just committed so that you can get born again and after you have now come into his kingdom, come under his government. Nothing else is shown. Oh, I'm just dying for you so that you can get visa to enter my government. No. His commitment is all the way to the end. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And is committed to seeing to it that you enjoy life. Hallelujah. Glory, glory be to God. Say that I might enjoy life. I can't hear you that I might enjoy life. To the full. Until it overflows. Hallelujah. Let's go back to that prophecy in Isaiah. I want you to say something else here. Isaiah 9. Glory, glory be to God. Verse 7 again. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. 
of the increase of his government. That portion we read in John chapter 10, he said, there are other sheep I have. Other sheep I have that have not yet come under my government, come under my authority, come into my kingdom. Them also I must bring that they can hear my voice. Hallelujah. So the plan, remember at the end of John chapter 10, he said, this is the commandment that I have of my father. My father sent me to establish a new order, to establish a new kingdom, to establish a new government. I'm committed to doing that. And to demonstrate my commitment, I lay down my life for the sheep. I die for them. Uh, because I laid down my life voluntarily, I can take it up again. So not only did he die, he resurrected again. Somebody shout hallelujah. But I didn't just die for dying's sake. I died for a reason. I died for a purpose. I came to establish my kingdom and my order for a purpose. And that purpose is what is stated in John 10, 10. That they might have life and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. And the plan is that I want this government to continue to expand and increase. More people coming in. More people coming in. The government increasing and increasing. The kingdom increasing and increasing. There will be no end. Hallelujah. There will be no end. Oh, glory be to God. There will be no end. And what God is looking for, hallelujah, is people that will be committed to that assignment where there will be no end. Can somebody declare there will be no end? I can't hear you say there will be no end. Other sheep I have, they will come. They will hear my voice. And there will be one shepherd, one sheep, one kingdom, one government, one order. So that they will have life and have it more abundantly till it overflows. Hallelujah. This is why unto us a child is born, unto us a son was given. Are you still with me this morning? The early church understood this dimension of the mission of Jesus. Please, I'm going somewhere. And I, want, I want you to catch this. The early church, they understood this then. They understood that, first of all, they understood the prophecy. They understood the prophecy. Every Jew, the Jewish people always knew that prophecy, that God was going to send a redeemer. You see it in practically every book. In the book of Hebrews, Paul was reminding them that Moses told us that one time will come, God will send a prophet like me to you. Like God sent Moses to Egypt to redeem the children of Israel out of hundreds of years of bondage. 
and to bring them out of that captivity and bring them into the promised land, which was like a type and a shadow. Moses said, a time will come. God will send another prophet like me and he will save all of you. The only problem was that they thought it was just for the Jewish people, but God had other ideas. God wanted to save the entire world. Because of the increase of his, of his government, there will be no end. So Jesus came as that redeemer, as that savior of the world. This is what Christmas is all about. Because Jesus wants to save the entire world. And boy, does our world need saving. Hallelujah. Our world needs what? He came. So, not when the early church, I, I love this testimony I want to read with us. When the early church started proclaiming the gospel, one of the most remarkable testimonies we read about is in Acts chapter 8. Please, I want us to read this in the light of those scriptures I shared with us because this is where we are going this morning. Acts chapter 8. Let's read from verse 4. They understood this part. That a savior will come, a redeemer will come. His mission was that we will have life and have it in abundance. And that of his government, the increase of his government, there will be no end. Acts chapter 8 verse 4. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word background of that is they were in Jerusalem, the church was growing, they were having a lifetime but then persecution now arose and then the church scattered and the Bible says as they were scattered everywhere watch what they focused on this is the amazing part of what we really need to learn from the people in the early church they didn't plan the scattering they were not inviting the scattering. This thing happened spontaneously. But as they scattered everywhere, they went, the Bible said, preaching the word. Telling everybody about Christ. Proclaiming the gospel. It didn't mean, it didn't mean that they didn't have families. They had families. It didn't mean they didn't have jobs. They had jobs. Sometimes when you read the book of Acts or the Bible, you will think that these people didn't have any other thing to do. And they were just get up in the morning and preach and preach and preach and go to bed. No. They had businesses. They had families. They raised children. But they understood the prophecy. And they understood the kingdom and the government they were in. And what it represented. They understood it. I believe by the help of the Holy Ghost. May we understand the mission of God in our times. Can somebody shout a loud amen? amen? Read verse 5 with me. Then Philip went down, and this is the focus of what we are doing, particularly this season. This rejoice evermore is the theme for this, our Christmas season. God wants people to rejoice. God wants people to be happy. Hello? God wants people to be filled with joy. 
We're going to come to that. God wants people to be filled with joy. I love that testimony. Um, although the testifier went round and round. <laughs> she came for a prayer meeting on Friday. And there was a burden because her rent needed to be paid. By Saturday, supernaturally, the rent had been paid. Hallelujah. That's what God wants for everybody. You all may not be rent. God may have blessed you that you have house and you are not having to worry with rent. But whatever it is that may be bringing an ache and a pain or a disturbance, robbing you of your joy, said, I'm come that you might enjoy. God wants to take away that. This is the peculiar aspect, or let me say, a peculiar aspect of his kingdom. In the kingdom of God, in its full, unadulterated version, there is no night there. Hallelujah. There is no sadness there. There is no sorrow there. There is no pain there. There is no disappointment there. Glory be to God. In its full, unadulterated version, the way it is in heaven. I love the prophetic theme God has given us for 2024. Heaven on earth. Glory be to God heaven on earth. It doesn't mean, if you really understand that prophecy, it doesn't mean that earth is going to become another heaven. No. The thief will still be coming to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Is somebody with me this morning? He will still be going around like a roaring lion. But bless God, the thief is not the only one here. Hallelujah. And the kingdom of darkness is not the only one here anymore. Jesus has established the kingdom on the earth. And Jesus has an army of people on the earth, hallelujah, that are going around establishing that kingdom. Praise God. Then Philip went to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. Verse 6, and the multitude with one accord heeded those things which Philip said. Jesus said in John chapter 10 that we read a moment ago, there are other sheep, there are other sheep in Samaria. And I want them to hear my voice. <laughs> Glory be to God. That there will be one shepherd and one sheepfold. How will the people in Samaria hear his voice? Jesus has gone back to heaven. They will hear his voice through one Philip. Let me look at your neighbor and say, your name is Philip. Come on, tell your neighbor, you look like a Philip. Okay, the person doesn't like that name. Okay, ask that neighbor, would you like to be Christian Philip? Should we, should we take permission? <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, he went and he preached Christ to them. He preached Jesus to them. And it's so interesting. Please, understand that. Let, let me bring this into the context of where we are. This was in a Jagba season for the church at that time. Though, yeah, let's use Jagba just for the purpose of the illustration. They were scattered abroad. Hello? And they were preaching Christ wherever they found themselves. The multitude with one voice heeded those things that Philip, um, those things spoken by Philip. Hearing, watch this, hearing and what? Seeing the miracles which he did. This is why we need miracles. Hello? Hearing and what? Seeing the miracles. Hearing and seeing the miracles. 
And God did something special in the ministry of Philip. The Bible told us in verse 7, unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. In that particular city, there were a lot of people that were paralyzed in their legs. And the miracle power of God was so much on Philip and his ministry. The devils were cast out. Can somebody announce in the name of Jesus? I can't hear you say in the name of Jesus. As the gospel is preached among us, devils will be cast out and people will be set free. Say it again, devils will be cast out. And people will be set free. Hallelujah. I said something powerful to us um, a few weeks ago. When we read testimonies like this, our own focus or the main thing we should take away from there is not that paralyzed God healed. No, not necessarily. Look at all of us here. How many people are paralyzed? Are you trying to tell me that we don't need miracles in this place? Ah, okay. I can guarantee you as many heads that are represented here, that's as many miracles that are needed in this place. Somebody's miracle may just be that, ah, I need my rent to be paid. I need my rent to be paid. And the good news is Jesus is committed to working those miracles. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out. Many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and name were healed. Verse 8. And there was what? Great joy in the city. And there was what? Hallelujah. Did you know, please watch this, this is where I'm going. If Philip had gone to that city as they were scattered abroad, and the jackpot happened because of persecution. And they went where they were. And all Philip did was just taking care of his family, starting his business afresh all over again, and just going about life day by day. That verse 8 will never have happened in the city of Samaria. Is somebody with me this morning? But the Bible told us something the apostle had. And I want you to understand this. They, they had a sense of fulfillment of prophecy. I want you to rethink about this this morning. They had a sense. And this is actually connected to us even experiencing miracles. Glory be to God. And they just realized that, you know what? Of the increase of his government, of his kingdom, there will be no end. There are other sheep that Jesus has, glory be to God, that he also wants them to hear his voice. And in them hearing his voice, they will experience joy. Somebody said they will experience joy. Hallelujah. God wants us to be rejoicing forevermore. That's what his kingdom is all about, is to bring joy to humanity. Joy, to, even if it's just to heal sick people. To bring joy to humanity. Hallelujah. And as we celebrate Christmas this season, 
on a personal level, I want you to know that God wants you to be filled with joy. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? But beyond that, God also wants other people all around to also experience joy. Everybody experiencing joy. And that can happen. That can happen if every single one of us will take the responsibility, one part or another, in just committing our lives to expanding his kingdom everywhere. Expanding his kingdom everywhere. One person here. One neighbor here. One stranger there. One person in one need of a miracle that nobody can do for them except God. And I tell you, all they need to do is to just hear the voice of Jesus. Hallelujah. All they need to do is to hear somebody just talk to them about Jesus. It may be in a song. It may be in a confession. It may be in a prayer. Hallelujah. It may be when the pastor is preaching. It may be when a dance group is dancing to a song that talks about Christ. She said, Philip came to Samaria and he preached Christ to them. He just told them about Jesus. We don't have the tape of his sermon. We don't know exactly what he said. But there was Christ content in it. Hello, somebody. And that's all it takes. Just a Christ content inside a message being proclaimed so that somebody can hear. And when that person hears, they align as God touches their heart to come under the authority, under the kingdom of Jesus. That Jesus is trying to expand everywhere. And as people align, miracles break out. And joy becomes a portion of humanity. Glory, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Listen, you and I that are born again, we have an awesome privilege. We have an awesome privilege to be already a member and a part. Are you following me this morning? Of the government of God. I like saying this to people from time to time. Let me ask you a question. If we were to give you the passport and citizenship, which, which nation do you like the most on the face of the earth? Talk to me. <laughs> I can't hear you. I'm here in Canada. I'm hearing somebody say Paris. I mean, that is France. I'm sure somebody is thinking, let, let me give you an extreme one, but I know some may be entertaining it. If we are to give you passport to be part of um, UAE, to be a citizen of Dubai, are you interested? I can, I'm seeing white teeth. I've not been seeing white teeth since I've been preaching. White. And you know when black people smile and you are selling them something and joy is already beginning to well in them, you start seeing white somewhere on their faces. We'll be happy. Please catch what I'm, where I'm going this morning. If, if you are invited, if you are invited to be a citizen of a government 
or a kingdom or a nation that is prospering on the face of the earth, naturally speaking, we will take it. That's why a number of our brethren are traveling jackpot into other parts of the world. That, that's what's happening. Why are, people, why are people going to developed countries as the opportunities open up for them? Because they feel it will make their life better. Am I right or am I right? It's that same concept. It's that same concept that Jesus is presenting to us Christians. It's just that our own is superior. And where we have challenges that our own is not physical, it's not tangible, it's spiritual. But I want you to know it's not unreal. Hallelujah. The true meaning of Christmas, the true meaning, one of the true meanings of Christmas, and this is what God wants us to focus on this year, is that Jesus came to establish a government on the earth, a kingdom of heaven on the earth. Came to bring heaven on earth, like a nation. And the purpose of that government is to give us joy. Even though we are in the midst of darkness, yes, we are still on earth, we will not fully get into an experience where there will be no crying, there will be no darkness, there will be no stealing, there will be no um, killing, there will be no destruction while we are here on earth. The thief is still here, he's still going around like a roaring lion. But even in the midst of all that, if we will commit to the kingdom, and the establishment of the kingdom, we will be able to have joy. Hallelujah. And that joy will be forever. Can I hear a loud hallelujah? And we also have the privilege to extend that to other people. Hallelujah. And that even helps us to be more grounded in our own joy. Glory be to God. Declare with me, as God gave them joy in Samaria, as Philip preached Christ to them, I declare in the name of Jesus, God gives us joy in this church. God gives us joy in this city. God gives us joy in this nation. As we share Christ to everyone available to us. Hallelujah. Are you with me this morning? Somebody say joy everywhere. Because the kingdom of God has come. And of the increase, I can't hear you say of the increase of that kingdom and its peace, there will be no end. Hallelujah. God is asking us as a church this morning. God is asking every one of us. And I think next Sunday's homecoming service is a major opportunity for us. Major opportunity. We've already discussed in our pastor's meetings that by God's grace next year we want to do a lot more outreaches. A lot more outreaches. From and it's not just when we do outreach. 
please don't, don't, don't get involved. That's a major opportunity. Find someone, two people, three people. I'm told that there are people already committing to bring 20 people, 30 people. They're already making that commitment. Preferably, preferably, people that don't know Christ yet. Or people that are not established in a church. Anyone that is not established in a local assembly most likely is not established in the kingdom of Jesus yet. That person is caught up to being a victim of the thief coming to steal, to kill, and destroy every day in their life. Because they are not in the kingdom yet. Hallelujah. But we have this awesome privilege to bring joy. Somebody say, I bring joy. Declare I'm a recipient of joy and I bring joy to other people. Hallelujah. I'm talking about you rejoicing where your family is concerned. Rejoicing where your health is concerned. I mean, Philip brought healing joy to them in Samaria. Glory be to God. I'm talking about you rejoicing where your finances are concerned. Rejoicing maritally. Glory be to God. Rejoicing concerning your career. Rejoicing concerning your business. Rejoicing concerning your children. Hallelujah. That you might have joy. Glory be to God. And that you can spread joy to the world around you. Hallelujah. Is somebody ready for that this season? I can't hear you. Are you ready for that this season? Are you ready to experience joy like you have never experienced it before? I can't hear you. I said, are you ready to experience joy like you have never experienced it before? Now, th this morning, I don't want us to be, there, there's this dimension of joy we preach, and it's true. There's nothing wrong with that, that it's a product of our human spirit, and joy is, um, it's not dependent on our circumstances. All that is true. I'm not knocking that, no. I'm talking about us experiencing joy as a final product. Glory be to God as evidence of the fact that we are now established in God's kingdom. That will be your story in the name of Jesus. That will be your testimony concerning every aspect of your life. You will always have reason to rejoice. You will always have reason to celebrate. You will always have proof of the goodness of God in every aspect of your life. And I tell you, if you will commit on one level or another, to be an agent that God uses to extend his kingdom. Somebody say, I'm an agent. That God uses to extend his kingdom into the lives of others. Your joy will know no bounds in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Jump up on your feet. The preceding message was brought to you by King's Word Everywhere, Nigeria. We are located at King's Word Auditorium, Etel Avenue behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-006-40.